17 admitted. Phantasm. This is the from Cut Up. What's up, motherfuckers? This is Brian from Vital Remain. Which is Lee from Monstrosity. Hey, Orgasm. Mike Smith from Suffocation. Hey, this is Tom Clark from Horace Hollow Ground. This is Dallas O'Malley. You're listening to Phantasm Podcast. This is Dr. Ross Sewage from Exhumed and Impaled, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Phantasm. What the fuck is up, and welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I am Corey Gore Christ. With me, as always, Dr. Vincent West. Well, well, well. Here we are. <laughs> and, uh, what have we got for him today, Doctor? Uh, in my opinion, maybe one of the best things that we haven't watched. I agree with that. We're 100%. watching 1980s slasher maniac. Not to be confused with uh, any other film. Because yeah. I'm not going to go any further with that. But yeah. They did a remake of it. It was kind of... I'll let you make fun of an, of it. Of an artsy film, more or less. Which, you know, the approach I got of it, uh, Elijah Wood did, did an alright job, but if you're a fan of the old film, the old film is, is such this a... This was released in 81, actually. But it came... It's, it came out in New York City the day after... Two days after Christmas in 1980. It's fucking brutal. And then, uh, but it, it, it had a U.S. limited run, March 6, 81. Nice. And it actually made a lot of money. The budget was 350 k and it made $10 million. This is one of the first slashers. Nobody gives it enough credit, I don't think. Uh, you know, it came out the same year as Friday the 13th did. And um, Better film, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's it's Tom Savini. I love the Friday the 13th franchise, but this is just a great film. This film is very visceral, and it's definitely an 80s film. It's definitely... A staple of the slasher genre. I mean, there were so many slasher films that come out in the '80s, but this film really is brutal. I mean, it's actually almost hard to watch in some scenes. It's very gory and bloody. Uh, a lot of the slashers after this kind of strayed away from that. This is probably one of the most violent films there is, it's and nobody gives movie. it credit for being as violent as it is. Uh, this show uh, should be noted. We're watching the anniversary edition. This is unrated. This is the uh, Blue Underground uh, two-disc Blu-ray. Let me get it for you. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful release. Uh, I've seen the DVD. I've never... This is the first time I've watched this Blu-ray release. Have you ever seen the unrated version? If that's what it's... I've seen the 30th no, of it the... Was, it's, it's rated. Okay. Well, yeah, then I've never seen this version. But uh, William Lustig directed it. It's the director of Maniac Cop, which is another one we definitely need to pull out one day. I love those. <laughs> I've got, I've got, got, I've got. I don't know how many there are. I have three of them. There's three, I think. Okay. And I they, they has Bruce Campbell in it. It's fucking awesome. Uh, Maniac Cop's awesome. I like the second. Tom Atkins too. Yeah, Tom Atkins is in it as well. Uh, great fucking films. So, uh, yeah, and then yeah, this. This movie has a Bond girl in it, uh, Carolyn Monroe from The Spy Who Loved Me, which is awesome. It's an NYC. You can't, you know, uh, can't beat that. So this is just this is just an awesome film. And this film is banned in fifty eight countries. Oh, I believe it. It's it it is on the top five of the British Board of Film Nightmares. Yeah, that's their little uh, naughties list or whatever that they have. This is in the top five. Yeah. It still is to this day. I would imagine it's... 
I mean, it's almost real how brutal it is. It's, you know, definitely a staple in horror and gore. And, I mean, this film is just nasty. And it's also... <laughs> Listen, this is great! Okay, if you guys are fans of, of us, and I assume you are if you're listening to this, if you're a first-time listener, uh, feel free to check out the episode where we actually watch what I'm about to talk about. We had a lot of fun with uh, Gene Siskel on a different episode. The uh, Silent Night one. The, Correct. Uh, Silent uh, Night Deadly Night. Tobias interview. Yeah. This is so funny. I want to read this here. Film critic Gene Siskel described how sickened he was by Maniac as he walked out 30 minutes into it after the shotgun murder scene. And of course... Which is the best part of the film. that's the Tom Savini uh, kill. Spoiler alert. So, uh... I thought it was awesome. That's like the, uh... There's, he says this film has too much violence. In 1990, Siskel was asked if he had ever walked out of a film. And he did not mention this one. Instead saying he left... What an asshole. He hated the 96 Black Sheep, Chris Farley. That's Chris Farley's best film, and he walked out of it. I mean, if, if it's not Gone with the Wind, then he's not going to give a fuck about it. So it's like, you know, I don't want, I don't he care. He said he hated Chris Farley. There's another one. Hey, Gene Siskel, fuck you. Listen, the only artsy-fartsy stuff I'm going to watch is by Dario Argento. That's that's as far as I go. I'm going to see if I can actually... Would you let me to f- see if I can find the, the audio for that? Please. During this? That would be... A, actually, yeah. see if you can find it. <coughs> On YouTube. I guess put Gene Siskel Maniac, because apparently he got, he flipped out. Good. I mean, it's the... These horror films aren't supposed to be praised by the media, so... Negative attention is what makes these movies sell. You know what I mean? So, in realistically, Gene Siskel did this film a favor, did all the films he trashed a favor. Because, God, the guy on you know, DVD talk that I normally like trashed this film. I mean, I think bad publicity for horror films are good because the more people say that it's gross and I walked out, doesn't that make you want to go see it? You know, um, Certainly wasn't his intention. He's basically like, Keep your kids away from this film and, burp, burp, you know. But, uh, especially something like Maniac. Now, here's a smart like, guy. DVD Verdict said that the film is so effective, it's due no small part to the performance by Joe Spinelli, whose great. darkness overwhelms him. Exactly. This movie's great. Yeah, this movie's you guys have never seen this. I hope you're watching it with This us. is him on New York Today, Channel 2. This is only two minutes, folks. So. You're looking at scenes from the new Woman in Danger movie, Maniac. But these scenes are not playing in a movie theater. They're playing inside a little box located in front of a theater, the Cinerama One Theater at 48th and Broadway at Times Square, New York City. <laughs> this is the latest method of selling horror films to the public. The box is called a continuous loop projector, and it is continuously playing over and over selected blood and guts highlights from films like Maniac, a big hit in New York right now, a film due to hit Chicago in a few weeks. Maniac features a woman being terrorized in a New York subway, and it is shocking to see her bloody attack being sold brazenly on the streets of the very same city. This latest method of selling slasher with a knife movie shouldn't come as a surprise. We've been reporting since last summer that women in danger films are the latest craze in a money-hungry movie industry. According to a box office report in the current issue of the trade paper Variety, 
The invasion of horror films like Maniac is turning on big dollars in New York first-run movie theaters. These women in danger films are all pretty much the same. In Silent Scream, a college girl looking for off-campus housing is terrorized by a frustrated young man. The camera hovers over the victim, teasing us, practically drooling over her death. Ads like this one for Maniac will be appearing all over Chicago in a few weeks. And the message of this ad is the same sick message contained in most of these women in danger films. I warned you not to go out at night, reads the ads, which translates to young women as stay in your place, stay at home, or some man will kill you. Now that little box with the movie scenes in front of that theater in New York City really bothers me. I wonder if that isn't a case of disturbing the peace on a public city street. Now tonight, an executive with Plitt Theater, Chicago's largest theater chain, told me that he would think twice before installing such a machine in front of any one of his company's theater. And that is a relief in a sort of sad story, Bill and Walter. What a fucking fruit. <clears throat> anyway, uh... You know, the the whole craze with that, you know, in the 70s, they were already doing the, um, you know, the women in danger thing in, in the, the Italian horror films. It was very prominent then. Um, crossed over to the U.S., started doing that kind of stuff in the 80s. But, you know, I'm not going to turn on my TV and watch Sunshine and Dogs Taking Shits. I want to see the other side of reality, the darker part of it, because in a sick way... I fucking enjoy watching it, you know? Because I know it's not really happening, but I get a weird feeling that it, you know, it feels like it is happening, you know? I don't want these people to fucking die, but it's a fucking movie, you know? Uh, if it disgusts you, then why are you reviewing it, you know? I'm not gonna... Um, <clears throat> little, little, little side stuff here. Maniac 2, Mr. Robbie, is a horror short promotional film that was shot in 86 by Spinelli, and director Buddy Gaznovno entitled Maniac 2 Mr. Robbie about a psychopathic children's television show host who murders abusive parents. The That's short was cool. done to raise financing for a sequel to Maniac. Never have. The short film is on this Blu-ray we're watching right now. We're going to have to watch that. Yeah. Uh, just, I thought I'd throw that out there for fans. Uh, Smelly died in 89, the killer in the film. Uh, also want to talk about this real quick. I think this is really cool. This may surprise people out there. I think this is just an interesting tidbit. Death rapper Necro recorded a song called Frank Zito. <laughs> nice. Don't know who Necro is, but buddy, if you're into horror stuff, thumbs up to you there. That's cool. I don't know who the fuck it is. He's an old listen. school rap, like horror. His name's Necro. He's a horror he, rapper. He has a song called Frank Zito. He's a horror rapper. That's all he raps about is like horror movies. Which uh, is cool. I can respect that. You know, it's not death metal, but uh, I've heard of Necro quite a bit and you know I give him a shout out because he has how much he loves these kinds of movies which is cool so he's he's throwing a bone to the right stuff now we got the killer he's got a he's got a prostitute with him she's not going to last very long you know I will say this I, and I, I want to go ahead and say this and this has nothing to do with what happened with you this is some of Savini's finest work it's it does no the, it's the gore in this is I'd say this is Savini's best I mean it's nasty this and Dawn of the Dead are my two favorites that he did um, you know another one that I want to do not a spoiler alert here guys not about the film but uh, um, I'd like to do uh, and I've got it uh, Prowler yeah that's another good one he did 
It's great. It's a good one. It's kind of slow paced. It's old school. You know, it's good though. Um, You know, you get a military slasher. It's pretty awesome. You know, there's not a lot of those. um, Surprisingly, no, definitely not. And uh, another. Speaking of uh, military slashers, you were going to bring Exterminator one day. So we got to do that too. That well, that's just that's just a great. That's actually a film I've never seen. So. uh, Sounded up my alley when you described it to me, so seems like Why do I have a voicemail? You know we're gonna we're gonna have some fun today, guys. We're gonna listen to a voicemail I have on here that I know is not for me. I don't even know who the hell this is real. Just gonna play we got We're just I'm just being weird that you're gonna listen to the doctor's voicemail with me. Let's do it. Apparently, it's not set up. <laughs> well, while the doctor's figuring out his uh, fuck his voicemail here, we're gonna watch uh, the killer here get him some. And by that, I mean this chick's face is gonna get ripped off so he can wear it. I don't know why he reminds me of, uh, like, Pete Steele or something. Uh, <laughs> drive me nuts. Ruin my joke. Sorry, guys. Press pound. I change it. He's like, I like this with my clothes on because I'm just going to fucking strangle you. And guys, if you guys are uh, following at home, we are on 13 minutes, 28 seconds, and the killer's choking this bitch to death. And actually called her a bitch, so, uh, yeah, she's, I think he's going to come either way, but she's she's definitely not. It's not a pretty face to look at at all. At least she gets a nice comfy bed to die in. Is that your voicemail? I have no fucking idea what, what she's saying. It's probably from your time doing, doing uh, surgery in Tijuana. Honestly, think, you know, spoiler alert, but I think this could be a follow-up. There are no more messages to, uh, to some of the murders I committed in Mexico. <laughs> to your well, I wouldn't really call it murders. It was just some, uh, and I'm quoting Harold Ramis here, some unnecessary surgery. I mean, is what. anyway, that's just, I don't know why I get these weird uh, Latino voicemails, but I do. So, whatever. It's all they're, good. They're like, where's my baby? I know you have my baby. I was hoping it was... Uh, Somebody that I actually wanted to talk to, but it wasn't. Either way, it was funny, and I thought it would be comedic, because I knew it was going to be a long message, because it said that that voicemail was three minutes and 40 seconds long. Jeez. Which is a long fucking voicemail. Anyway, my boy's uh, going for the scalp. Yep. With the scalpel. 
One of your favorite weapons. Yep. The, yeah, this is such a great film. Are you more of a buzz saw, a bone saw guy, or you like the scalpel? I don't know. It depends on what I'm doing. I like the speculum myself. I'm sure you like that. It's always nice. Get nasty with that thing. Get it wide open. Yeah, but I mean, you got to give it. I mean, I oh. think the effects in this are oh, they're brilliant. Especially the year. I mean, this is way ahead of its time. And and no films really touched the the brutality of this film since. Like I, I mean, the only makeup. I'm going to run a film right up against it that came out the same year. And also want to plug this while I'm talking about it. If it's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rick Baker, American Werewolf in London. Oh yeah. The makeup in that rivals this in a different way. This is this is a this is a slasher. That's not. Yeah. But guys, there's a, a 4K scan coming out. Universal is actually putting out of that uh, Blu-ray, which means you're going to have to take that steel book and give it the. Yeah. I'll still keep the steel book because it's cool. Keep though. them both. I got the nice. Mon- I got the, keep them both. I got the Mondo. I can't steel do it. Book. I feel guilty, and then I'm like, it's got to go. I got the Mondo steel book, and it's the. Um, Full Moon edition of it, the one that's been out for a while. It's basically a. It's the only version of it. DVD port, I think. I mean, it's. It is. It doesn't look much better. No, it's. Um, so this one is going to be a full restoration, from what I understand. Yep, it is. Uh, it's a, a full K restoration. And while we're on that subject, I'm going to go ahead. And if you haven't seen American Werewolf in London, be right back, why, guys. why are you listening to this podcast? It's uh, John Landis. He's a fucking genius director, a visionary for sure. Except uh, for Animal House. Except for Animal House, that's uh, that's an overrated piece of shit. But you know, and the, Beverly Hills Cop three, and Beverly Hills Cop is that the one with uh, Judge Reinhold's in like the entire film? Yes. That's it. Yeah, that one's Judge Reinhold, great supporting actor by himself as a lead role. No thanks. Um, but yeah, John Landis knocked that one out of the park. It's a staple of horror movies. It's a great. Uh, you know, I guess you can say body horror movie. It's a you know werewolf movie. There's not a whole lot of those that are really good. Um, of course, I love the Howling, and uh, you know, I love that's pretty. You know, Howling's pretty much it for me. And and American Wolf in London. There's not too much else you need out of Bad Moon's a good movie. That one's that one is pretty good. I need to buy that. Actually. And um, shit, there's another one too. I don't know. Uh, Dog Soldiers, not a good. One. Can't do that one. Not a good one. You know, I thought that initially when I was going to buy that Screenfoot Factory put that out a collector's edition of it, which it does not deserve a collector's edition, and it's not any good. It's actually a newer film. Yeah. It's not something old, and I, you know, honestly, if it's not old, I'm just kind of like, eh, not yeah. really interested in that. But American Werewolf in London's a fucking perfect film. It's it's fucking scary. It's uh, the effects are beautiful. The visuals are great. The dialogue's great. David Naughton knocks it out of the fucking park. Uh, met him a few years ago. He's a fucking super nice guy. If you ever get a chance to meet David Naughton, if you're a uh, American Werewolf in London fan, definitely talk to him. He's a fucking horror legend just from doing that film alone. I mean, he just did a great job in that movie. So, yeah, shout out to the. New release coming up of American Werewolf in London, and like I said, if you guys are listening to this podcast and you've never watched that movie, just stop what you're doing right now and go buy it because yeah, it's, don't even uh, listen to us. It's that's that's an essential. That's like telling us you never watched Halloween before uh, or Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, it's it's right there with all that. So and, and so is Maniac. If you know uh, Maniac's kind of underneath the bed, 
with all those movies, it kind of got lost in the attic. But it's if you're a real horror fan, you know what Maniac is, and you know Maniac is a fucking brutal film and something that everyone needs to watch. And there he goes putting the fucking scalp on the mannequin, the hooker scalp. It's fucking awesome. He's got his little weird man cave full of dolls and bloody mannequins and look at that he's, he doesn't even give a fuck he's just gonna hammer the nails right into her fucking mannequin alright guys are you ready here is uh, some serious money and some serious release dates I was gonna say if you would uh, show us the specs on that uh, American Werewolf movie you got um, any specs on it uh, I may have like any features I'm on a list stuff. now of shit oh, okay. that I'm gonna buy here you go. These All are right. some essential things that I think you should This buy. is the doctor's uh, chop shop list right here. Going to be so broke. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start with Chopping Mall. Of course. Waiting on that for a long time. Uh, the, the, everything you know how I'm excited I've been with that. Yeah, everything I'm mentioning on this line, we will eventually probably have an episode for for most of it. Not all of it, some of it. Uh, Chopping Mall comes out September 27th. It's part of this new... Lionsgate line where they're doing these classic horror films. I don't know how they're going to look or anything. It's pretty awesome. Uh, we'll find out. And Chopping Mall is uh, Barbara Crampton goodness. So uh, also the fans. same day, this exact same day, Blood Diner comes out. Awesome, awesome. And then the one I'm excited about is a Waxworks compilation. It has Waxworks one and Waxworks two. It's going to be very two limited, of my too. favorite fucking horror movies. All these are limited. Yeah, but that um, one especially. I think there's like an actual numbered amount of copies they're doing of the Waxwork. That's ones. annoying. If I don't get it, I'm going to be pissed. Anyway, uh... Well, the doctor will get it. There we go. Let's see here. What do we got? That, that one doesn't come out until October 18th. I'm going to really hit the list here, kids. There's a bunch of stuff that I've, I've got to get to and not to get away from this great film, which I will go back and forth with as he's putting his bag of goodies into a... Uh, Guitar case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very classic. Okay, here we go. Uh, list from Hell. We've got Chud coming out from Arrow. Fucking awesome. Uh, Arrow's the best candidate to put that out. I mean, that's... You know, they put out the stuff, and uh, I think Chud is perfect. That's that's an awesome film. For uh, another one for you guys. Uh, another Arrow one, The Initiation. Uh, holy God. They just added this on here. This is... I knew about this, but I didn't know there was a goddamn steelbook. What is it? Fucking Driller Killer. Steelbook. Driller Killer Steelbook Edition. Who's putting that one out? Arrow. Arrow? Arrow, you... You can get either one. You can get the, the, the steelbook or the standard. You fucking rule, Arrow. I'm telling uh, you. We're going to also go over some stuff Corey's mentioned before. We have a Bubba Hotep collector's edition from Scream Factory. Waiting on that forever. Uh, I'm going to get to the... Okay, here's the American Werewolf in London restored. Let's see if I... I, I don't think there's going to be specs on that on here. It comes out in uh, September 27th. What does... American Werewolf from London. Whoa! Why is all this shit coming out the same day? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have to have like 400 bucks. It's the 35th anniversary edition of it. It's a single disc Blu-ray. Um, I'm not seeing any actual specs on this. I'm gonna go probably to a bunch of ported shit. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm gonna keep going with the list while he's checking on that. Exorcist Three Collector's Edition. That's from Scream that's, Factory. That's Count Dracula's Great Love. I'm not sure who that's from. It looks like Vinegar Syndrome. I'm not sure. I'll have to check in on that in a minute for you guys. Uh, Slime City and Slime City Massacre. That's a double feature. Slugs from Arrow. That will be bought. That will also be watched on this uh, 
podcast, uh, Corey permitted. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Hammer Horror 8 Film Collection from Universal. That's awesome. Uh, we also have Mill Creek is putting out some Hammer Film Double Features, which have actually dropped in price to $8.99 apiece. You get two uh, Hammer Films uh, for $8.99. Uh, Rabid. Uh, the collector's edition, which we will review That's on this fun. fucking podcast, it will be viewed and watched on here. Uh, David Cronenberg uh, film collector's edition from Scream Factory, uh, Dead End Drive In from Arrow. Kind of on the fence about this one. I'm, I may buy it, I may not. Depends on how my funds are. Uh, I'll get back to that at a later time. I believe that one also comes out in September. This is ordered already. I will tell you about this. This is a must-have. September 27th, The Hills Have Eyes, the original, limited edition from Arrow. This will go fast. If you guys want this, you need to pre-order the goddamn thing. I pre-ordered it two months ago when it popped out in July. Uh, Like a kid. I had to have it. Uh, Moving on. This is something interesting. Uh, real excited about this. Another Cronenberg film, uh, Dead Ringers Collector's Edition from Scream Factory. Can't believe they're putting that out. Very excited about that. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, and the uh, back to the 35th anniversary Blu-ray of American Werewolf in London, all the special features are ported from the Full Moon Blu-ray, so... They got cheap on that. Case. No, no new stuff. It's a single disc, but the I think the print's going to look better, and it's it's a 35th anniversary release, so it's something to have definitely in your. Collection. You want to hear a fun fact about it, kids? Uh, follow up on what Corey's talking about. You can get the 4K remaster of uh, American Werewolf in the Walmart ghetto bin for 788 because that's sure where can. they're that's where they're going to dump it. Yeah. Um, anyway, of course that, the Mondos, I don't know that that's a guess from the doctor. Of course, the Mondos are uh, Target releases, but uh, I mean they're really cheap. You can get them for like up to fifteen bucks. The most you're going to spend. I bought this for ten, so most Mondo releases are like ten bucks. So yeah, if you don't have it, go pick this up. If you want to sit on the uh, new one to come out, just get that one. But. I'm going to do a quick recap of some other stuff. These are these are titles that are already out as I go along with my other list. Basket Case Two, Basket Case Three, Microwave Massacre. Uh, Dr. Butcher slash Zombie Holocaust Child's Play Collector's Edition is a one that's coming out that's not out yet the other the other four titles are out uh, Carrie Collector's Edition Psycho 4 which I have on Blu-ray I actually brought over here for us to do it one day we ran out of time we will be bringing you that one I'm sure at some point as well as Psycho 2 which we've never done which I love uh if I've got any cheesy action fans out there, the American Ninja films are now available on Blu-ray and high definition from Kino Lober. Um, and my goddamn list isn't loading anymore. Had a lot of issues with Amazon lately. Not really sure what's going on with that. All right, we're going to get back to some of the other titles I mentioned a minute ago. Chopping Mall. Very excited about this. This thing's going to go. It's limited. All these titles are limited. And I'm hoping to find a little bit more about the titles. As of right now, all I see is the Waxworks 1 and 2, Blood Diner, and Chopping Mall from that company. I'm going to try to see if I can find something else on here for you while we're doing this and while we're watching Corey's favorite person in horror. <laughs> about to get his head blown off by a fucking this is one of my This is one of my favorite scenes in all of horror. Um, one of the most iconic scenes in horror history, for sure. This is... <clears throat> Definitely one that sticks out, um, and if you even if you haven't seen this movie, you've seen this scene somewhere. Um, if you listen to Mortician, you've heard it a song. 
And I think the song's called Maniac, too. Um, we can actually reference that right now. As the doctor always has the soundtrack of soundtracks in his car, I will now hand Mr. Gorkreis hacked up for barbecue by Mortician. It's a great fucking record. Uh, definitely my favorite. Uh, Hell Hole is another release that came out recently. I haven't had the funds to buy it. It is also out. Uh, I want to uh, do a correction on something that I mentioned several months ago. We will not be doing Microwave Massacre on here. Microwave Massacre has gotten horrible reviews. The print's supposed to be terrible, and it's apparently schlocky. I had never seen the film, and I want to apologize to everybody about there for promising that. That's not on Corey. That's on me. And you can direct your comments to gofuckyourself.com. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm just, we're just not doing it, guys. It's it's a waste of fucking time. Uh, oh, here we go. I'm going to do some audio for you guys of this... Uh, yeah, killer this, scene. This killer, boom, killer scene. Boom headshot right here. That, my friends, is maybe the best scene. Fucking gore scene. That may be the best scene in horror. Either I'm I'm a serial killer, I can like whack off about that scene right now, but I'm not going to. But that that kind of shit is why I watch these movies. It's fucking perfectly done. Uh, It's about as real as it gets. Tom Savini did a fantastic job in this film. That may be the best kill scene in any film. I think it is. Yeah. It's just nasty, and they do like this fucking ECW replay of it like four times, where you just see the head get blown off. It's fucking awesome. And there she is, you know, just laying in the car full of his blood, and he's got that shotgun. He looks like fucking Will from Mortician. It's funny. <laughs> he's, he's ready to fucking turn her into a little dolly. He's just a badass. And you know what? You don't really see. Uh, killers in films using guns either, which is annoying. I think there should. He's got a whole record. Well, there is one, and uh, here's another uh, spoiler That's alert a for something. Goddamn double barrel, just for something we're we're gonna do. I actually just found there were several films that I had loaned someone that I just got back. One of which was Maniac, which we're doing right now. Another one we'll be bringing to you shortly, if it's all right with Corey. And this is another gun killer, one of my favorites. We will be doing The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Love that movie. The old school. Which also, yeah. Well, no, actually, the new one's great. I actually like the new one. You heard it here first. The remake of The Town That Dreaded Sundown is actually good. It's a bloodbath. Huh. I'm not saying we're going to do that on here, but it is a good movie. Right. I have my moments of weirdness of stuff I like. I think Corey just had a stroke. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> the Mortician song that featured that scene is called Morbid Butchery. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. It's on their uh, 1996 album, Hacked Up for Barbecue. It's goddamn their metal debut. masterpiece. Metal masterpiece. It's got um, Eaten Alive by Maggots, of course. has the uh, Arguably the our favorite song in the world. has the Mortuary uh, trailer, which is one of the best trailer... Uh, Trailers ever made, I think, for horror. It's just perfect, um, and we will do Mortuary eventually. That's that's one of my favorite horror films. We you know we've been the kind Doctor of saving I, some stuff. It's kind of like this. I, I knew I had this and I couldn't find it. Right. 
But yeah, there was a shitload of stuff. I feel like I just bought a bunch of new stuff. Like I got the Town of Dread Sundown. I found this. I can't remember all the stuff I told you I found. A ton. Um, Apocalyptic Devastation, track number 11. That's fucking Mad Max shit. That's awesome. Uh, Fog of Death is the Fog. Um, We got uh, Witch's Coven, which is uh, Suspiria, which is fucking great. Still waiting on... uh, a release for that synapse. That'll probably fucking, be the beginning of the year. Be my yeah. guess, or the end of this year. We will get you that as soon as we have it. I'm sure Corey will be telling me, and I'll be. And the song "Mortician," of course, is uh, "Phantasm," which is why we love this doing this fucking shit in the first place. Um, I mean, this album is just fucking awesome. Uh, if you're even remotely a horror fan and a death metal fan at the same time, and you haven't heard "Mortician," Bang gets a bad rap. I, it, there, it's annoying. They're they're one of my favorites, if not my favorite. They're definitely in my top five. I'm a huge fan of the band. Uh, Roger Will, if you ever uh, hear this, we would run to get the chance to have you on. It'd be great. But uh, but yeah, Act Up for Barbecue, man. It's a it's a it's a go to album for me when I'm when I'm going out because I know somebody's gonna probably piss me off. So yeah, we've driven around to this a few times. Yeah, it's it's great and. Uh, you can pick any other shit up now and relapse records. Actually, it's all out of print, Corey. If all of it? If they want it, they got to get it off eBay. Well, never mind. The doctor... Uh, I apologize. The only thing it's can, no longer... The only available. thing you can get from relapse is occasionally they'll have pieces of vinyl show up on there. But you can go to the Mortician uh, uh, homepage and there's a link to where you can hook up with Roger and buy some goodies from him. Well, there you go. But now... The last time I checked, he didn't have a lot of music on there. I think the only thing you can get, which I actually bought Corey uh, last year, I think. Yeah, Reanimated uh, Dead Flesh. Yeah, which is a great album. Which is, their, you know... The, with their final release. Uh, and it's got the, uh, you know, more uh, Reanimator cover. It's pretty yeah, awesome. and it actually ties... it. This episode is weird how this is working out today. We're watching Maniac. We were talking about American Werewolf in London, and the first track on Reanimated Dead Flesh is the first kill scene... In American World in London, that's the first yeah. track on that fucking. It's fucking awesome uh, on that album. So yeah, you know, Mortician is basically if our podcast was a band, it would be Mortician. So uh, New York, yeah, uh, they, they named their band after Phantasm the movie, which we named our podcast after the movie, and you know, that's not a, you know that's a coincidence, but it's also kind of not because we love that band too. So uh, you know, yeah, cheers big to shout guys. out to fucking Mortician, man. You know, love you guys. Eventually, we will have them on here for, for so. all of you. They would be an eye opening, my fingers crossed, an eye piercing, eye opening, ear opening, ear ripping interview. Definitely be a lot of fun. Speaking of which, if you don't mind, I'm going to hand you something. Uh, this is my favorite singer in the world. This is not death metal related, but I would like to plug this. This came out in July, and. Uh, Talk a little bit about this. We're going to talk about the. Uh, I'm going to hand this to Corey and let him tell you a little bit about this release. And when did this come out? This came out a couple weeks the ago. End of July. Came out the end of July. I'm holding here in my hand a decade of Dio, 1983-1993, from uh, Warner Brothers and Reprise Records. This, my friends, is a box set, very nicely. Packaged. It's not very bulky or big. It's actually a, a decent size. It's not, um, you know, too big. You can stick this anywhere in your car. It's not gonna. It's not like it's a gigantic. It's not like the fifteen-year killing spree. It's not like a box set thing. It's 
it's a box set, but they're all just single discs. It's really fucking cool. So on the front here, it's got Dio's formidable first six albums and remastered and packaged in mini LP replica jackets. And it's got, uh, this is where the goodies come in. It's got Holy Diver, Last in Line, Sacred Heart, Dream Evil, Lock Up the Wolves, and Strange Highways, which featured uh, Jeff Pilsen from Dokken. Fucking awesome. Uh, and when you open it up here, of course, the the front of it's got, you know, the, the monster from Holy Diver, you know, showcasing in the very front. And then in the back, you got a pretty Murray. Much, yeah, Murray. And you pretty much got a mashup of all the album covers together, which is cool. You see the wolves there, I guess, you know, the wolves of the moon or whatever, and then you got uh, the the little priest shackled up and shit, and you got the dragons, you got all that stuff. So as we open it here, we got the single, we got these, like, uh, little sleeves, these little slips that are really fucking cool. Um, and it's got, you know, when you open them up, there's a little... Uh, promo inside of there. You got the disc, of course, and then on the first one, I got Holy Diver here. It's like album. Yeah, it's like album from the vinyl that came inside it. Now, this one's like um, just a shit ton of like tour pictures of Ronnie and all the guys there, and it looks really cool. And it's like a black and white uh, picture, it's just a little printout. It's pretty cool though that they feature. They all have those. They're kind of. Awkward and they get bent and stuff. And then, of course, the CDs themselves, I mean, they just look old school. They're just got the names of the songs numbered on it. And it's the artwork on the CDs, what they've done was the artwork that was on the actual vinyl release. Yeah, and they're original and they look really cool. Now, I got Last in Line. That's definitely my favorite. Um, really? Now, I like Sacred Heart a lot. I'd say Last in Line's probably. Two or three. No, I think it's interesting. I love. That's I great. never knew that that that's the same as. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, the Sacred Heart's probably my favorite. That's just a great album. We'll see the art from here. It's actually got the lyrics on on this one for uh, Sacred Heart, the song, which is great. Uh, so the Sacred Heart one's got some lyrics on there. And on the back, it's got a bunch more band photos and uh, you know the. Little shout outs that they did and the production, all that stuff. Little notes on there, so that's pretty cool. How's the disc on that one look? Is that the I think it's the same. It's just got the, the Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers and okay, yeah, it's how the vinyl was. It's pretty cool though. And now we're at Dream Evil, which I'd say this is my second. I'd go last That's a great last in line would be my third, which I actually own this on vinyl. And uh, yeah, this one also has lyrics on it for uh till the full sail away. And it's got the band on the back and all the production notes. And then, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah it's nice. Just, uh, old school, the same thing. But maybe the Strange Highways one's the only other one. Now we're at Lock Up the Wolves. It's a great fucking record. Very underrated deal record. This one is very different. Um, this one's got all the, all the lyrics on the back. Very small, but it's got all the lyrics and it's got a band photo uh, in the little slip here. Now check out the uh, thing. It's a that. reprise disc. Yeah, like that's, the... that's old school. That looks really awesome. Uh, if you guys have any know a lot about this, these albums have never been remastered before, except as as imports. Now here's the Strange Highway one. This one's got probably the best slip inside of it. It's got the whole band photo there, and then it's got um, the track list on the back along with the production notes and. 
all lyrics and mel- melodies by Ryan James Dio because he's a fucking badass. And then you got the the reprise um, vinyl print of that. So the last two are the reprise records ones, and those ones look different. All the rest are Warner Brothers. They look the same. Um, but they did a beautiful job uh, putting this package together, and I know it made the doctor cream in his pants. And I did. Definitely holding this, I'm like, oh, damn it. You know, so uh, definitely have to pick up a copy of this. It's really fucking cheap. I believe it's only 30 bucks. Of course, doctor got a discount because he's worked <laughs> on a lot of people's fucking parents and shit. So he's, he's the, you know, the uh, city mortician. So, it's, you know, he, he gets around. He knows He knows his people. If you don't have any of Ronnie's stuff, this is a great thing to start with. Oh yeah, this is, I mean this is And like a- I said it's all remastered. These I'll tell you something interesting. The remasters that are in this box sound better than the two disc deluxe editions I have and the two gold discs that they did of Last in Line and Holy Diver. Right. Um, I mean this is just jam packed. It's it's everything you can want from Dio. I mean, of course there's other shit, but this is like the doctor says. Definitely what you want to start with. This is this is everything you need to get on track with Dio. So uh, if you want to go even further, then you know, get the Mob Rules album or you know, uh, Heaven, Heaven and Hell, Hell Dehumanizer, yeah, and all that good stuff. And I mean, this is just great stuff. And definitely check out his live stuff. He was just as phenomenal live. And there's you know, uh, a bunch of that stuff out now. They're still putting out some more live shit from him. Um, I meant to ask you. I, I've asked you in person, not on the podcast. Uh, how do you feel about the uh, the hologram thing they were doing? I haven't looked at it. I haven't seen it. I've seen pictures. I was kind of. I haven't looked at it. Weird to watch. I it. haven't seen any pictures of it. I haven't seen. <clears throat> but they did. I'm glad a, they did something to remember him. I guess they did it. A, it was a big festival. I can't remember where it was. Vakin. They did yep. it, and uh, they had Dio's disciples, and they actually had. A live hologram of Ronnie performing, and they had his live tracks from some of his concerts uh, <laughs> while he was performing. So, pretty surreal. Uh, haven't watched the video. I've kind of been weary to watch it, but uh, it was like Lemmy's uh, that funeral celebration or whatever the hell they did. I don't. I've never watched it. I don't want to. Well, that's and a, I love Motorhead. That's a little different, though. Too. That's kind of watching an actual funeral thing. But this was like it a, is, but it's one of those things where it's just it's. I but with this Ronnie thing, they're supposed to be doing a, a tour, uh, pretty soon, probably next year, and they're going to do it that way with the Dio hologram. So I don't know. That's that's weird. It's it's. I didn't know it's, about that. It's kind of uh, strange, and I don't really know how I'd feel about watching that because I didn't get to see Dio. Uh, maybe it would be even more strange for the doctor to see it because he, he saw Dio and everything. Um, so I don't know. I, your thoughts, fans. You know what? What do you think about that? Because uh, I don't really know how I would feel. I mean, again, we're we're getting off. I realize he's not. It's not death metal stuff, but you know, it's one of those things. Dio I, is fucking metal. It yeah. is. It's essential stuff to me. I don't think death. Metal, a lot of people don't like. Is it him, weird? But, I don't think death metal would have been around if it wasn't for Dio. Or if it would like it wouldn't be. Well, the I mean, same. he definitely has the satanic imagery for sure. But yeah, I mean, he was we more wouldn't have serious. The horns, than, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think he's essential stuff. But there are people that don't just don't like him. I actually got made fun of. Uh, these are the. Two, I get made fun of a lot and have since I was a kid for a long. These are the two people that can't be touched. That are metal as fuck. If you're a death metal fan or a classic metal fan or heavy metal fan, whatever, the two people that cannot be fucking touched that everybody can appreciate, death metal or no death metal. 
is Lemmy and Dio. Those are the two. Those I are the agree, two gods of metal. And if you want to add a third, it'd be Rob Halford. And that's agreed. It. Those are the three. That's the trifecta of metal. Period. That I think it it culminated all the metal together into metal itself. And and those three are the ones that uh, you know they're the gods of it. They're the three. And two of those gods are not walking the earth now. But we still got Rob Halford. Uh, the spirit of Dio and Lemmy will live on, lives in this podcast with us in this room, with you guys listening. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, pick up that Dio shit. And it's, it's so your shit. favorite album of that stuff right there out of that set is Sacred Heart. Love that record. I saw that tour. second would be Dream Evil, and then, but it's t- almost tied with Last in Line. I love all those records. Uh, of course, I love Holy Diver. I mean, there's not one I don't like. I like them all pretty much equally. But if I have, okay, to do pick you want to? I know you can do that. My favorite, Holy Diver. Oh yeah, that's a no-brainer. I don't know why <laughs> it is, and it's oh, it's, it's generic to tell people that as a Dio oh, fan, man. but it's not even the song Holy Diver. But it's got Rainbow in the Darks. Actually, I mean, that's my favorite track. That song's ever so done. fucking awesome. Besides <laughs> Sacred Heart uh, and Last in Line, the songs he now. Rainbow in the Dark is my favorite deal track. I'm actually, you know, we're going we're to have some fun today. I've never done and this. Then, I'm going to have Corey, I'm going to hand him back the box set, and I'm going to have him list to me and order his, and then I'm going to have him guess mine. Okay, like I said, Sacred Heart's my favorite. Then I'd go Dream Evil and uh, Last in Line. Then I'd go uh, Holy Diver, Lock Up the Wolf, Strange Highways. Now for you, I'd go Holy Diver. Correct. Dream Evil. No. Blast in Line. Yes. It's my second favorite. Then Dream Evil. Yes. Then I'll get weird and do Lock Up the Wolves. Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. Lock Up the Wolves. Strange Highways. Yes. It's almost like mine. Kind of the same. I now will tell you this: the swan song on this box set, in my opinion, that gets overlooked by everybody, are the last two albums on this. Both those records are great. No, they're fantastic. Strange Highways. Both is those fucking records awesome. are great. Uh, I, I will tell you guys something weird about Holy Diver. Bring Holy down. Diver is one of the only records that has never gotten old to me. I've never been like, oh God, don't play that. And there are a lot of records. There are a lot of records I want to mention right now that are great albums. Uh, that I've heard too much, and that would be, uh, and and I'm not saying necessarily all this stuff is metal, but I love ACDC. I have their entire catalog. I I I have to be in a mood. Uh, to go back to Corey's comment about Lemmy and Ronnie, I, there is no Motorhead or Dio or solo or album. Not, not as not as not as Sabbath. Yeah, Dio strictly. Dio and and well, I'm just strictly doing uh, Motorhead and, and Dio. There's none of it. Oh, sorry, we just got a no, please. We just got a backstab from the killer it's here. A great kill. Uh, just wanted to point out a kill. That's all. Like, no, but it's <laughs> had to interrupt it. He, no, no, no. You're you're. He good. stabbed her with like a fucking dagger. It's like a damn. Like he got that sword at a fucking pawn shop and just. Fucking cut that bitch up. But I, uh, I don't, 
don't ever get tired of listening to either one of those bands. No. Uh, and if you want to throw Rob Halford in there, I don't get tired of listening. No, to well, the prop. My only issue with Priest is they've, newer Priest. I can't do. Yeah, they've released a couple of, uh, you know. I just don't really. I don't. I'm not interested in their newer stuff. I don't. I own it. I buy it to support them, but I don't. Yeah. If I'm grabbing something, I'm grabbing my favorite. Priest album. If I'm grabbing it, and that's Point of Entry, which a lot of people don't like. It's a great record. My second favorite on that, probably. If I'm going to grab, if I'm grabbing a Priest the one record, with Exciter on it, Point of Entry. No, you're thinking that is that is Rob Halvard's favorite album. And that's Stained Glass. Stained Glass. Okay. And uh, but my favorite Point of Entry point has of entry. Heading Out to the Highway. That's first song on it. Yeah, and has some heads are going to roll. No, that's Most Defenders time. of the Faith. That's my second favorite. Yeah. I um, thought that was your first. Defenders? Mm-hmm. No. It's Point of Entry, probably. Can you uh, guess my favorite? Priest album. Screaming for Vengeance. Really? No. Painkiller? Yep. That's a great album, it's man. my favorite. That's a nasty fucking album. It's just metal as fuck. It's nasty. It's yeah, fucking it's, speed metal. They're yeah. flying on that goddamn That's plane. my favorite one. It's great. Always has been. Um... um my favorite, another this is this is another weird one of mine that I really it's a go to for me of theirs is um, I just think it's amazing is Unleashed in the East. Yeah, that one's great. What a great live album! The things it's just so good. But but anyway, but uh, there's a Bond girl in this film. Uh, do you want to tell them about that, Corey? Uh, she's the one from Spy Who Loved Me. Correct. Her name is Carolyn. Uh... Fuck, I forgot her first name already, but... Yeah, she's just now meeting the killer here. And she's like the photographer. She's been taking pictures. She's a photo whore. Yeah. She's like, check out my Facebook. I'm professional. You know, so... She's she's meeting up with the killer now, and he's gonna try to seduce her. And uh, get some parts for for his mannequins. He wants some more scalps. I bought this initially on DVD when Anchor Bay put this out. Yeah. And they put it in a limited set. They had the same uh, cover art as they do with this one. Yep. And I bought it because I used to rent the VHS when I was a kid. And maybe even the Betamax, I can't remember. But but what was awesome was uh, this movie scared the hell out of me. It doesn't now. Now it just feels like, I don't know, like life. But it, <laughs> it doesn't scare. It's, it's interesting to me. And this is something we've never talked about in here, and I wanted to talk to you about this and for everybody out there listening. Isn't it interesting how movies that scared you as a kid and you get older and they just become like this favorite movie of yours? Yeah. I mean, it... it they, although, I will say this. There are still certain horror movies that I will not own and I will not fucking watch because they freak me out so bad. Uh, I'd say The Fly is probably one of those. Yes. But it's just gross. The Exorcist is the one that I can't. Yeah. We're going to do that for you guys probably. But it actually, that movie seriously to this day... do the sequel. That movie... The first one, man. It terrifies me. That's the first horror movie I ever watched. Do you like it? I like it because it got me into everything else. It Since terrifies it, me. It made me piss myself. 
I was like five or six. It I terrifies was, me to this day. I, was, I can't watch that movie. I was by in myself. A, I was in a onesie with the butt flaps, if I'm not mistaken, and like these striped, you know, uh, pajamas. Guys, he still wears a onesie. It just has spikes on it. Yeah, you know, and a back patch, a fucking nuclear assault back patch. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I watched that movie by myself, <clears throat> and uh, was like, that on cable? Yeah. I ran into was it was, it was like HBO or something. Oh, you no, I, I had I had the whole nine yards when I was growing full, up. Yeah. The full beef. My parents were like, "Yeah, we, we want to watch whatever we feel like watching when we want it." So I was like, "All right." And they had Showtime, Cinema, all that shit. So I was watching porn pretty young too because they had that late night HBO and Cinemax fucking rules. Uh, oh, yeah. Let your kids watch it; it's good for them. Um, so yeah, I, I watched it when I was really young. I was like five or six, and pissed my pants I ran into my mom's room and I stayed in there for like two weeks straight I did not sleep in my room uh, that movie was fucking I don't know I just it was my first horror movie I'd ever watched so I'd never seen anything like it before and uh, especially if that's the first one you're gonna watch like you really don't know what the fuck's happening because I never heard about demons or possessions or any of that bullshit uh, so that was just I didn't know what the fuck was going on in that film the movie's crazy and a lot of stuff you know it's Iconic because a lot of it, a lot of crazy shit happened on set. A couple of people died making the film. I mean, there's all kinds of controversy surrounding it. So once I delved into it and found out about it, you know, after I watched The Exorcist, I started watching the Jason marathons and the Halloween marathons, and uh, you know, for, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, it all came like a fucking whirlwind once I found out what these movies were. So. I give a lot of credit to Exorcist. I mean, I, I have all, give all the credit in the world to everybody that was involved with that film. Uh, just because of how how many doors it opened for me as a person and as a fan now. So, uh, will I ever watch it again? I don't really like watching that movie. Uh, Does it freak you out? Yeah, it freaks me out a little bit. Um, it's just... It is. It's, it's very well done. Man, it's... Do- Dick it's Smith's demonic. Makeup, and it's fucking it's, creepy. I, I remember reading an interview... Or not an interview, but a review... And I'm quoting here. This was a this was a reviewer. I can't remember his name, or I'd trash him on here. He's a reviewer for, or was a reviewer for DVD Talk website. And he said that Warner Brothers boasts the most overrated horror film of all time. That is total garbage. That's not overrated. There's nothing overrated about that film. Uh, you want to talk about something that's overrated? I can sit here the rest of the, I'm not going to do it, but I could sit here for the rest of this podcast talking about stuff that's overrated yeah. and continue on into the night, and I won't. But, we'll be but up yeah. in the morning, Bill. But yeah, either way, it's, it's a great film. It is. Definitely, I mean, I know tons of people that have just never seen The Exorcist, um, people older than me. It's know? scary. I don't know what it is about that. It's a scary. It's, it's very well done. The transformation from. Uh, Linda Blair being a little girl to the demon uh, being you know being possessed that is just a complete like 360 in that film I mean it's it's insane so I'll tell you guys something else weird is we went Corey and I went to the stairs where they shot the film and Corey actually knocked me down the stairs because I told him to shove me down the fucking stairs he was like if I die I'll come back as a demon and fucking kill you so he knocked me down no but you know I (laughs) I don't know how anybody. I was. I'm still. And that that reviews 
three, four years old, I'm still blown away that somebody would attack that film. I've never heard anybody attack that film. Well, here's the thing. I want to touch on this very briefly for just a second because if I if I keep going with it, then we're gonna the whole episode's gonna be. Yeah, I didn't mean to talk about but, uh, extra. No, 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 but uh, these fucking assholes now on these websites they get paid to purposely say negative shit about movies and music. So there's like a different... Because they want other opinions. Because they're tired of things that deserve credit still getting, getting credit. credit. yeah. Which is stupid. Why are you discrediting something as, as uh, you know, as good as The Exorcist? I mean, it's... It revolutionized horror, revolutionized, you know, demonic movies and... Hell, Dick Smith's shit. makeup... For that film is on about every resume for every horror makeup artist that I grew up liking. Yeah, it's phenomenal, and I mean, it's essential. And I don't, you know, there's nobody attacking Jaws. I mean, Jaws isn't the greatest fucking film. It's a good film, but it's actually, you know, kind of fucking boring, and it's it takes a long time to build up. And you know, there's a lot of negative things you could say about it. But but you're right. You never hear anybody trash it. Yeah, but it's a good film. And I'll trash it. I don't actually like the original Jaws yeah, that much. I think it's fucking boring. Yeah, so... But then but the, guy, still the guy fucking trashes... I like the sequels, and everybody hates the sequels. Like I, the sequels. I happen to like the sequels. That fucking Brad Dorf. That's what I grew up with. It's fucking awesome. You know? I wasn't born in the fucking 60s or 50s to grow up with Jaws. Right. Even though it came out in the early 70s. But I, I And I saw it, and I like it, but... I, I don't know what everybody's so go-to thing is about that film. It's like, the cycles suck, and I only like the first one. The Exorcist is fucking 73. And Jaws is like, what, 75? Yeah, I mean, it's... And, but, but people shit on The Exorcist, and, and the, I don't get it. And the music, like the theme songs, oh, it's it's down great. to the music, it's goddamn creepy. It's great. It's a perfectly executed horror. Tubular Bells, isn't that what they Yeah, Tubular yeah. Bells, yeah. And Max von Sydow was in it. I mean, it's dude. Yeah, and and the the main priest. And you know when it came out, December twenty sixth, seventy three. It came out the day after Christmas. <laughs> That's so fucking raunchy. Eat a dick, and it was re released in two thousand, uh, which is awesome. I, I saw know it. That. You saw the re release. It's awesome. <clears throat> so I mean, uh, as a kid, I believe I was about seven or eight. I was at a drive in. In uh, Marietta, Georgia, or somewhere in in Atlanta, Georgia, I couldn't tell you the exact city. I think it was in Marietta, but I can't remember. But uh, we were at the drive-in, and the double feature was The Exorcist, and then they showed like Halloween. Nice. But the special, the throwback movie that night was Exorcist. So I remember seeing that as a kid in the drive. It just scared the hell out of me. It scared me. I don't know why. And I was alone. Of course, Halloween did too as a kid. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, here's one for that DVD talk, Dick. Uh, I bet that's is it, it, it. Did I get it right? Where he? It, it, let me see. If, if there's no, some I point. don't know the name of it, but I'm just saying. <clears throat> is it where he says Warner Brothers boasts their blah blah? No, this is somebody praising it. Oh, awesome! Stephen King has praised the work as an influence. Eat a dick. No shit. Goddamn Stephen King. The Exorcist is an influence on his writing. So, if you're even a remotely a horror fan of uh, horror novels or Stephen King, that's where some of his... Yeah, it's a, it's the same thing, and, and I want to mention this real quick. Um, and it was ranked on uh, Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Uh, a scene from the film was number three on that list of 100. 
You know another one? That 100 Scary Movie Moments, that's such a cool fucking uh, little episode they did. You should definitely check those out if you haven't. It's really hard to find. They did release a DVD of it, but I've never been able to track it down. So if you can... Find that for for Gore Christ here. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Mail it on to him, or just uh, you know find it on uh, you know YouTube. Maybe you could probably rip it on there. I don't know, but uh, yeah, email Phantasm Podcast or uh, you know at gmail dot com, or you can just uh, message us on Twitter. Whatever you gotta fucking do, Facebook. I don't care. If you if you find the Bravo's hundred scary hundred scariest movie moments, then please let me know when you find that. There was uh, another film that, that I that I see getting attacked a lot by uh, reviewers now, and I don't understand this, and I'm not going to go on a big thing about this. However, I did want to ask Corey while we're on air right now if it would be cool if we did this as an episode pretty soon uh, because it's about to be in the theater uh, in September, and I'm going to go watch it. If you'd go with me, uh, The Shining. Oh, yeah, that's happening. But I think we should do an episode too. I mean, I what a great film! And now The Exorcist—they have a show on Fox coming out of it, which is weird, like a TV show. There's also a Lethal Weapon show that looks terrible. I just thought I'd throw that Why? out there for Why? people. I don't know. Exorcist, I get. You know, I think horror is coming back in a new way now, where they're actually bringing it on the television, and it's it's going pretty well. So it, it's better than them putting a hour and a half. You know what, though, but you know what, though, but a lot of the horror shows. I don't know if this show is still on or not. I know one that that I thought was uh, repulsive mm-hmm. and offensive and annoying was that show on Fox. Which one? Actually, it was on FX. What is it? I don't know. The Strain. No. That's a that's that's a decent show. No, nah, no. You said uh, it. I would. American Horror Story. Oh, God. That's not even horror. That is a fucking turd. That's not even horror. It's a fucking turd. All right, guys. Then uh, on the Phantasm podcast, we do a new segment called Mr. Skinless with Corey Gorkrist. And we're at an hour and one minute, 57 seconds. You see tits and mania. It's time to unzip and jack it. Thank you very much. <laughs> we need to get some kind of a uh, little cue in for that one. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, that broken hope tune. Mr. Skinless, a broken hope tune. That'd be good. Or, uh... Let's uh, see. uh, Uh, The Exorcist, they just released a poster for it a day ago for the the TV show. And it says, uh... Let's see. What channel's showing that? Fox. They're just a brazen and ballsy, aren't they? It says, Every soul is a battlefield. Uh, there's not really much to get from the poster. It's got like a a dude with his you know little bag going into this door in a red room. I mean, oh. it, it kind of pays homage to the. I didn't know school. a damn thing about that. I didn't know they were doing it. There's the poster. It kind of uh, pays homage to the the old uh, cover where he's on the street corner. But this kind of cool, room. man. I don't know if I'll watch it or not. I don't, I don't know. know. If it's set retro, I might. If it's set current day, I don't really yeah. watch that. I'm not sure, but uh, it's like that Bates Motel that we've had people plug. Oh God, turd! Don't get me started. On not that. even the girl from uh, Conjuring can save that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we've not done any new horror films on here. I wouldn't have a problem with you and I doing Conjuring and Conjuring Two on here. Yeah, that'd be cool. I just I think we'll keep it 
strict. There's so many fucking 80s and 70s backup that we're not even touched. So. No, I just meant if we ever did do a modern one, I think that would be two of the only ones I would agree to. Yeah. I enjoy those. I don't know. I think they're fucking good. I wouldn't mind that at all. I mean, those are those are good films. I, I can't think of anything else modern that I like. It's not a lot. Um, I like the collection, the collector films. Never saw it. Those are pretty cool. Uh, for a slasher, they're pretty good. Um, there's, there's pretty inventive death scenes. The uh, premise is pretty different. You know, he's like a... Guy goes to break in this guy's house and he's rigged up all this fucking shit for him and he's got all these other people trapped in there uh, I saw the second one in theaters it was actually a free showing so I went with a buddy and we just went and saw it it's pretty awesome uh, definitely better than the, the previous one <laughs> and now here we go he's got the mandible claw on this bitch he's got the fucking ski mask on he's going in I don't know I don't, I don't see how anybody could be offended that's a horror fan, oh, which obviously Mr. Siskel was not, because he always trashed it. But he I just mean, wanted. This he, has everything you want in it. This guy's fucking off his rocker, like me. He likes to run around and stalk women, like also, me. Also, this is 1980, and after this, you don't really get. The main character is the killer, and you don't really get that, you know. Um, one that's talking, and you can tell, you know, you can feel him. Uh, you can just tell he's psychotic just by how he's talking to himself and his visions of whoever else he's thinking of while he's killing these women. So, um, you know, you don't really get that from many horror movies. And, and as as fucking bloody and as this movie is, there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a lot of story to it. And it's, it's, it's horrific because of the character itself, not even because of the death scenes. I mean... He's actually really fucking creepy, you know. So he does a good job of that. Um, like I said, a lot of horror movies, you know, when they put the masks on him and just have him run around with power tools, I mean, that's great, too. I'm a huge fan of that. But this just gives you something completely different from all that. Um, it's not a guy in a mask running around with a knife. You know, it's, it's a fucking actual human being that's going around killing people, which is a lot scarier than somebody who's been, you know, revived like eight times for films um, and yeah is it supposed to scare you from walking around at night yeah that's the point of horror movies to make you fucking scared of something not scared while you're watching it but it's supposed to make you scared after, you, after you're done watching it I can't see a lot of women liking this film no uh, <laughs> but it the who gives a shit well I guess Gene Siskel is a fucking woman then <laughs> just, he just you know? doesn't like horror or anything it's like no, he's the top idiot that probably liked the Scream films yeah, I don't think he'd ever praise any horror movies. Jack off. He'd probably he'd probably like the remake of this because he's like, oh, the acting was supreme and the the imagery was great. And Sorry, it, I can't take a Hobbit run around doing this seriously. I won't watch it. I just don't feel for him in that. Like I I don't believe him. He's just too baby faced to be the the killer. I know? heard the makeup; it's horrible. It's not any good. I've never heard anyone say that film was good. If you're a fan of this and you you expected it to be like this, then it's not. It's some artsy. It looks like somebody made that film in fucking college. Like it looked like a MIT film. I don't know. It just I got, I got, yeah. looked like a bunch of computer 
nerds and art fags like got together and made like let's remake Maniac but make it something that Gene Siskel would actually like and then they did it so and now he's got a stiletto here which is my uh, used to have a mini one of those for my letter opener which is pretty nice that um he's about to uh get another scalp for his mannequin I guess I've taken this film too far I'd like to have him where I could just call him up or text actually just text him and have him go kill people for me <laughs> I mean, he enjoys it, so, you know. Better him than you, right? Yeah, because it's fucking just raunchy. I mean, this is... this is. I'll tell you, say something else about this film real quick as he's doing his dirty work. This is probably the most death metal movie we've watched. I agree my, with that. In my opinion. This is death metal. I mean, just all the There's fucking... There's some body piercing right there. He's kind of toying with her. She loves to do. Well, this movie's just actually fucking creepy, and it kind of skews me out, which is good, you know. And there it goes, right in the fucking chest. And you can see her bounds there, or like... About to cut off her circulation to her fucking wrist because she's struggling so hard. I mean, it's just fucking brutal. I love He's like, Mommy. Yeah, that's weird. I guess that's who he's strangling in the beginning, who he pictures that hooker. It's his mom or whatever. His mom was a whore. Yeah, which makes sense. He kills all these hookers. That's interesting. I never had that issue, but a lot of girls on date have been whores. I guess so. Well, they all have mommy issues. Usually they have daddy issues. Yep. And then I I have to shove my ski mask and take care of it. So, if we have any lady listeners out there, always just remember that Dr. West is somewhere outside your home or apartment wearing a ski mask. (laughs) And don't think that Corey's not, because he's usually driving the car, wearing his ski mask. The van. Oh, yeah. It is generally the van. Or it's a... uh, A hearse. Yeah, it's a hearse. Or an ambulance, if I steal those. See, that's another thing. I always thought the mannequin shit in this was cool. It's fucking creepy as shit. It's awesome. Uh, it puts all the little fresh hooker scalps on them, you know. Which is also different that he's... You know, you got some dude running around New York. You get the you get the brutal kills, and then he takes a little souvenir for his, for his uh, children up here. And he's got his own little domain of death here. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's pretty fucking cool, man, you know, uh, a lot of, like I said, a lot of horror movies really haven't been able to replicate this kind, this is a one of a kind horror film, uh, the way it was shot, and the, the, you know, the over the top gore, I, I don't even think it's considered over the top, I think it's. I think it's, you know, just enough. There's a lot in it, though. You know, I think the only movie, and we've not watched this on the podcast, we have watched it together before. The only movie that I think is as good as this, like when I think slasher, and I think death metal, is Blood Rage. Yeah, Blood Rage is definitely on the list of things. If you guys haven't seen it, it's actually actually a Thanksgiving film where uh, two twin brothers get uh, mismatched and involved in a murder... And a the, brutal murder at the, that. The wrong brother goes to jail, and the uh, you know the killer is still around. They don't. They think it's the, the brother that got locked away. So it's pretty awesome. 
What the hell kind of hat is he wearing? It reminds me probably of, stuff from his childhood. Reminds me of Angus Young or something. It's like a little, you know, baseball cap with fucking devil horns on it. It's funny. <laughs> He's got a little Christmas thing there. Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, this movie takes place during Christmas. I guess it does. I don't know. I could have sworn at some point in this. It's but I haven't watched this movie in six years. It's been longer than that for me because I watched the DVD of this like years ago. The Anger Bay one? Yeah. But I loved it. It's great. And there he is just shooting his gun. But you can feel the humanity with this character and that's something you don't get from... Normally don't get from a slasher like this with as much blood and, and uh, obscenity... Uh, you know, that you get from this. You also get a lot of humanity and, you know, characters, you know, very troubled and uh, crazy. So, usually a killer in a film is just a killer. you got to find out who the fuck it is or, you know, they're in a mask and they don't say shit. So, um, this one you find out why he's crazy and it's kind of cool. And it makes you feel for the character, you know. Um... So maybe that's why people don't like this film, I guess, is because they just don't... It makes you feel weird about it, so... But he's a big motherfucker. He's like the size of that damn car he's driving. And it was shot in New York. I mean, it's... It's fucking great. That's where you want everything to be. You know, that's where, uh... Where Pieces was shot. Or, uh... New York River, of course, yeah. which is great. Uh, I'll take this any day over that. Yeah, me too. This, to me, is one of the top. This is like top shelf horror. I think everything we've done on the podcast is top shelf horror. Um, but this specifically is definitely, like, tip top is this movie. This is just this is just a good movie. Raised the bar, and no one ever raised it since. Like, it's just 1980 this came out, and that was the bar. Not many movies can touch this one. As far as how it makes you feel while you're watching it, and just, uh, you know... It's very POV, I think. Yeah. And like I said, the the killer is the focal point of the film. It's through his eyes and and all that, so it's very well done. Because it's... I'm sure it must be hard... uh, to try and make a film like this work, you know. But back to Blood Rage. Uh, it was released by Arrow. How long ago has that been out? Like it's a, uh, it least, came out November of last year. November of last year, so. It's been out for almost a year now, and uh, that... Oh, shit, sorry. That is one of my favorite films I have ever seen. Me and the... Doctor watched that one night, and it was... I really enjoyed it, so... That's definitely a good watch. We will do that eventually, or waiting. We might do it around Thanksgiving time. We'll we'll find out um, whenever the Doctor wants to, wants to check it out, so we'll do that. Uh, that film is just fucking crazy. It's, it's really good gore... Uh, very cheesy but in the best way possible 
Um, he's running around an apartment complex in Florida, just hacking people up, and that's something you don't really see apartment killers too often. So I thought that was different. Um, it's an '80s movie, so it's great. Um, but now we got a nice uh, graveyard strangling going on, but she's gonna she's gonna get away from uh, Frank there. Very nice scene going through the graveyard. And I will say the uh, the Blu-ray print from Blue Underground on this looks pretty decent. Um, some of the parts are a little spotty, but it is 1980. I mean, you know, but. I think there was a lot of print damage yeah, in this film. For Blu-ray, it looks it looks pretty good in, in a lot of this. It's not great, but no. don't expect much out of it. But, you know, it's... It looks better than DVD. This movie's just great. It's just yeah. worth owning in some format. If you have the DVD, this isn't much of an upconvert, I wouldn't say, but it's pretty nice. Definitely great to have either way. Um, and all the stuff they ported was really nice in the DVD. It's got a lot of cool shit, too, so... Definitely worth the buy. Like, yeah, this part looks looks pretty damn good. So, There's a lot of fog rolling in in the cemetery here, and he just got fucking slammed hard with that shovel. Jesus, he like lacerated him. So there's always the one that got away. So uh, Frank wants that scalp. So that's the Bond girl. Yeah, he's wanting that scalp. If you guys don't know who she is, she was the bitch that got blown up in the helicopter when Roger was underneath the ocean with that fucking other, that Russian bitch, and he shoots the rockets up and blows her up in the helicopter. And then Frank swims underwater in a scuba gear and takes her scalp off. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Kind of a Norman Batesy kind of thing going on in this, except a little bit. Which I've never noticed, I guess, the whole obsession with his mom. Right. Yeah, it's just very, uh... It's sad, it's creepy. But it's effective, you know. Oh, hell yeah, it's effective. Like, Mommy, please don't lock me in the closet. So he obviously had an abusive mom, and if, uh... If you listen to this podcast and you're an abusive mom, then don't be surprised when your kid's running around New York taking hooker scalps for his mannequins. That's another thing, too. I like that he has his own little, like, hideout with his fucking weird shit in it. I think that's pretty cool. A lot of movies you don't see where they, they go for their spare time. You just They just kind of pop out. Which is cool, too. You know, I uh, think Michael Myers' character is more effective that way because... You just feel like he's always around, you know. <laughs> yeah, it'd Which be weird creepy. seeing a Myers hot. Actually, they did show it in the Rob Zombie movies. Ugh. Those don't count. Um, but the, I think they did it no because that Halloween Resurrection movie was like a fake house, just to get them to, you know, <laughs> whatever. There's a cool mom zombie right there, Carmen Zito. So you get to see some other uh, special effects there, some uh, undead. I don't know about the, any other horror fans out there, but when I hear the last name Zito, I think of Joseph Zito, and I think of Friday the 13th Part 4. 
that's what I think of when I think of the name Zito. I think of Joseph Zito. Is he the one that's the, uh, like the main character? No, he directed Friday the 13th Part He's before. the director. He's, uh, done a, he's done a bunch of Four movies. is your favorite, is it not? Or is it three? Oh, no, it's four. It's four. Well, that's the one we did. We did four. It's the only Friday we've done was four. Yeah, I love that movie. Well, those those films still stand the test of time. I think I can watch any of those. I can watch actually, the first day. Not the first one. Bad. I mean, the first one's kind of actually not that great. Um, that's the one I've watched probably the least. Like, I think I've watched Jason X more time than more times than I watched the original Friday Thirteenth. You know, I don't think anybody that I know likes the original film. I like the original film, like I really do, but. It's just one of those that... I don't like it. I don't go back and watch it all the time because I like the other ones better. I just don't like that film. It's I like a, the it's second okay. one better. I like the third one better. Um, yeah, because Jason's the one doing the killing in it. Yeah. I mean, I like Betsy Palmer. I mean, it was great, but... No, I it has nothing to do with that. I, I want to see Jason. I don't think know. the film flows that well. It's a slasher, but it doesn't really flow that well. Uh, considering this, you know, Maniac came out the same year, I mean, this this completely just blows that out of the water. No pun intended. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think uh, Friday the 13th got better over time. Once Jason got stronger and they knew more what to do with him, um, you know, I think around part part three is really where it started kicking up because part three he had the hockey mask and he got the machete. I mean, that's where he became. Because if he stayed in the potato sack and the overalls and looked like you know, Alabama Jason, then, you know, I don't think the whole pitchfork thing, I don't think that would have worked for another movie. I agree. And they knew that, so. And they created uh, what Jason became for the rest of the you know, franchise. Uh, that really saved it, I think. This, I agree with that. And this whole scene right here, Maniac, he's got all his dead... Hooker friends, and he's like pretty much he's tripping balls. Right Dead now. hooker friends, and we're at a hour and twenty two minutes on the nose here, so you guys are still watching, and they're all showing up, and you know I guess these are his mannequins uh, coming to life like he wanted. But I mean, this is fucking nasty. He's got a fucking chopped off his arm with a machete, and then you just got a. An oozing stump <laughs> for a fucking uh, torso there. And now they're all just going to eat him, I guess. You're right over there. He's still on my foot. Oh, oh Sam. Sorry. Uh, Gore Crisis. Oh. Hound of Hell just stood on my foot. <laughs> I love this movie. I don't know. I don't... Well, this part's beautiful. He just, like, ripped his fucking head off. You know, this one and Silent Night, Deadly Night are just great. I don't think they get enough credit. Both of those are just quality slashers. Yeah. I agree with that, 100%. The kills are fun. It flows at a good pace. I mean, I've never once during this been like, oh, I'm so bored or anything. I mean, it's just great.
I just don't think you can ask much more. There's your city. Yep. It's a good old New York skyline. But I mean, I you know, it's. I just don't think you can really ask for much more than. Uh, it's a perfectly executed horror movie. You got the right amount of gore. I don't think it's over the top. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't think it was over the top, but I think this has just enough to make it flow perfectly. It's not just like blood splatter all over the walls and just like but the gore is gore, but know? no, but it's it's a set, it's it's exactly where the gore and the blood needs to be. It happens at the right moments. Just when you're wanting it, it happens. So I mean, you know, this film just flows perfectly, and I don't know how you can be a horror fan and hate this film. I mean, I don't think that exists. You know, I mean, I've never heard anybody really say much about this. I think this movie's still kind of a, a real. I mean, you want to take to the definition of the word. This is still a cult film. Oh yeah. So he stabbed himself. Yeah. I'm guessing he did because in the the visions he had, he was uh, getting hacked up by the the mannequins that were that you know came back as the actual people he killed. So that was pretty awesome to watch. Um, I guess that's what he thought of after he killed himself, or while he was bleeding out, he had that vision or or something. I don't know. Very, very effective scene. It was just kind of... That's probably the goriest part in the movie besides the, the headshot was that scene we just saw. I agree. Yeah, I, I guess he killed himself. I don't know if that girl came and got him or... He just did it himself. I can't tell. Looks like based on the way his arms are that he did it himself. Yeah, it looks like he impaled himself. It's pretty crazy. And he's still alive, maniac. Well, we will... Now that the movie's over, guys, it is now time. We'll start with you first. It's quality film. Uh, the Blu-ray doesn't look that great. The makeup, the story, and the flow of the film make up for all that. It's a great film. There's a shitload of bonus features on this Blu-ray. It's worth, it's worth, worth owning if you're if you're a hardcore slasher fan. Uh, if you've never seen this movie, you can just buy this and feel comfortable about buying it. I love it. Oh yeah, I've loved it since I was a little kid. And for me, uh, always a fun watch. This film. It's. Uh, Nothing short of awesome. It's it's really fucking good. It's essential. It's cult. It's it's fucking gore. It's it's death metal. Um, it is fucking death metal. If you want a film to to culminate what death metal is as a film, Maniac is the film you want. If you want inspiration for your death metal band or whatever, or if you just want to, if you want to toot like uh, the doctor, if you want, <laughs> if you want to. If you want to uh, listen to a death metal record and have your own music video, then put Maniac on and just let it go, just like uh, the doctor just did in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> let a death metal fart. Yeah, let it go. No, but it, it's just good, man. It's a good movie. Suicidal fart. Yeah, you're not gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get. You're not going to get that much quality. <laughs> You're not going to get that much 
gore in a lot of films. And I, I'm disappointed. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm disappointed with a lot of slashers that people rave and rave about. It's and this one doesn't get any credit. This is a fucking bloodbath. Yeah, it's really nasty. And, you know, he has his own little man cave of, you know, his victims. He saves his little scalp souvenirs. I mean, the whole thing is just fucking twisted, but it's great, you know. Um, it is. It's great. You don't get a lot of... Uh, Substance from a lot of horror movies, especially slashers. It's just a guy in some kind of an outfit with some kind of a weapon, you know, killing people. And then, you know, that manifests in the sequels or, you know, whatever. Um, but this film specifically is just so ahead of its time and it's it's a leader of the pack because it, it's, you know, it stands the test of time, too. I mean, this... I mean, this to me is essential shit. Yeah, it is. It's it's top tier uh, stuff, and even the visual effect itself, the stuff Tom Savini did on this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's outstanding. It's phenomenal. It's definitely something. This um, and Texas too are probably his best makeup things. I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, uh, but yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's good shit. Anything else you got to add before we end this? No man, it's fantastic awesome. episode. It's good stuff. Uh, you listen to this, watch the movie along with us. If you haven't seen Maniac, pick you up a copy of it. It's great. It's you can get the film. Blue Underground two disc Blu-ray if you could find it. Uh, if you have, you can get the DVD as well. Blue Underground has a two disc release on DVD before they put this out. So um, grab that, grab the Anchor Bay one, whatever your fucking format is. Rip it, you know, just. Definitely check this film out. Uh, if, if you if you listen to our podcast and you don't really, you know, you check out the movies from us reviewing it and you haven't seen it, definitely go pick it up if you enjoy the episode because uh, that's what we like to do. We're, we do this because we have fun doing it ourselves to, to be able to watch these movies again or sometimes for the first time. And uh, we're also showcasing them and letting you guys know how good of a film these movies are. So we're not going to we're not gonna put on a total, you know... Uh, a shit movie just to watch it make fun of we might do that one day but <laughs> just as a goof episode we've watched you know. some I mean in comparison to me this is better than a lot of stuff we've watched I agree with that this is probably the first like definite like essential that we've watched besides Army of Darkness you know this is I mean for what this is this is this is to me this is essentially what we're doing yeah this is the Phantasm Podcast this movie is fucking awesome. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's all I got. And uh, we will leave it with that, but thank you guys for listening. And Thank uh, you. Share, like, subscribe, and uh, just uh, we'll see you next time. And stay fucking gory. Dubbing suit from Phantasm. Dr. Edward Pretorius is about to embark on an incredible journey. It's out of control. You've got to turn it off. Something's coming. Humans are such easy prey. From the creators of Reanimator, from beyond. Wednesday at 7 on Fox 17 WDBB. This is the story of two young American students traveling through England on the night of the full moon. Did you hear that? I heard.
heard that. What was it? Could be a lot of things. Fate let one live. That lunatic must have been a very fierce fellow. Wasn't a lunatic. What? A wolf. Oh, be serious, would you? And now everything is changing. 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 John Landis, the brilliant young director of Animal House and the Blues Brothers, has turned a classic tale of terror into something new. Something different. Excuse me. A naked American man stole my balloon. I'm a werewolf. An American werewolf in London. Something different. Welcome to Death Spa, the health club people are dying to join. People get so thin they disappear. The workouts are killers. The training is murder. And the weight loss, permanent. At Death Spa, a vengeful host provides an exercise in terror. I will destroy this place. And I'll kill them all. Staying in shape can be murder. At Death Spa. Gruesome, ghoulish, and gory. Order Death Spa on viewer's choice. There's a legend in these mountains of a killer. Inhuman. Insane. If you so much as whisper his name, he will appear. And if he appears, he'll be the last thing you'll ever see. Madman. Rated R.